This is ARN, the American Racing Network. Drivers, start your engine! Get ready, strap in, and hold on. We're getting the green starting right now. It's a pretty basic understanding. I'm always going to speak my mind, and I'm not going to hold back. I don't even know how that works. It's an entertainment sport, not a fair sport. You're shifting gears on ARN with Alan Bailey. Don't look now, but we're back. It's shifting gears on ARN. If you're listening to the audio version, I want to remind you now, you can see me. There's a video camera in here. It is recording me and my glorious face for radio face. You can go ahead and check it out at youtube.com, keyword search Hey Alan Bailey, or Shifting Gears, whatever is easiest for you, or just log on to AmericanRacingNetwork.com. The video is up on there. It's going to be an every Sunday night kind of thing where we kind of go through the week that was in the racing universe, whether it's NASCAR, F1, NHRA, IndyCar, or Supercross. It'll be here on this channel in this little video series. Going to try to keep every episode around 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how long we rant, depending on how you get involved. Go ahead and drop comments down below if you're on YouTube. And yes, if you're on any of the podcasting listening apps of your choice, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Tuned In, what have you, go ahead and drop the comment there as well. Like the intro said, I'm Alan Bailey. I've been covering motorsports professionally for ARN, and other media outlets for the better part of a decade. Ten years plus I've been in this business, and yes, I know a thing or two about what's going on in the world. Now, you recall, if you've listened to the show in the past, we start every show with our hot topics, and we'll go ahead and do that right now. NASCAR in the Irish Hills of Michigan for a Cup Series doubleheader. Kevin Harvick sweeps the Cup races, passing Lee Petty for the most wins and tying Rusty Wallace for the most Cup Series wins simultaneously on the same weekend. It's Harvick's fifth and sixth victory of 2020. He also became the first driver to win back-to-back cup races in two days since King Richard Petty did it way back in 1971. The NASCAR Cup Series heading back to Daytona for the first Cup Series road course race on the historic track next Sunday. Max Verstappen and Red Bull sprung the surprise of the F1 season Sunday by beating Lewis Hamilton to win the 70th anniversary of the Silverstone Grand Prix, his ninth career victory in Formula One, breaking Mercedes' winning streak in F1. F1 heading to Spain next for the Spanish Grand Prix next Sunday morning. The NASCAR Xfinity Series went road racing over the weekend, Austin Centric winning at Road America, holding off A.J. Allmendinger in the final laps, the Team Penske driver getting his fourth Xfinity Series win in the last five races. Another road course in order for the NASCAR Xfinity Series Saturday at Daytona for the very first time. The NHRA spent the weekend in Indy for the Dodge NHRA Indy Nationals. Steve Torrance getting the win in top fuel. Ron Capps getting back on track with the funny car win. Jay Coughlin Jr. schooled his nephew Troy Jr. for the Pro Stock win. And Angie Stampy gives herself a great 50th birthday present and gets her 43rd win in Pro Stock Motorcycles, her first on a Harley-Davidson. few weeks off for the series before the NHRA Southern Nationals in Atlanta at the end of the month. And Kyle Larson rebounding from a wild ride last weekend, winning his fifth World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series victory this season. For these stories and more, make sure you log on to AmericanRacingNetwork.com. 
Now, a lot of stuff to go over. First off, let's go ahead and talk about the cup races, plural, over the weekend out in Michigan. First off, Michigan actually has provided some decent racing. No, we don't get those great photo finishes every time we go out there. No, NASCAR doesn't necessarily have the closest pack racing, let's just say, in Michigan. However, because there are multi-groups similar to the Fontana racetrack, Auto Club Speedway, you get some really, really good racing, multi-groove racing. But let me go ahead and throw this out there. A double header at any track necessarily isn't the best thing out there. The cream definitely rises to the top. Kevin Harvick swept the weekend, and although the second victory for Harvick was a little bit more hard fought with Denny Hamlin breathing down his neck, it certainly wasn't a close call, nor was it that exciting, nor was it that entertaining right there at the end. Only the last few laps when Hamlin actually did pose a threat did everybody kind of perk up and go, he's not going to win this race, and it's not going to be a snooze fest? Yeah, it kind of was. Pretty much everybody finishes pretty much where they started, and both races actually mirrored each other as far as finishing order. No, I'm not saying doubleheaders are a bad idea. I'm just saying if you're going to do a doubleheader in the future, NASCAR, we need to not do it on the same track with the exact same cars for the Cup Series. Well, go ahead and try this out. Instead of doing two races back-to-back on the same track, Pocono, <clears throat> Michigan, <clears throat> try this out. Why don't you go to a place like Auto Club? Run one race on the big oval out there at Auto Club, and then the very next day, run a second race on the road course. I dare you to do it with the same car, too, if you want to make things really tricky for these Cup Series crew chiefs. Although, we might actually send them all into aneurysms, and they all might pull what's left of their hair out. There's a reason I'm wearing this hat on camera. But... I know NASCAR needs to make up some of the time that they lost due to the COVID close down. I understand that. I completely accept that. Hopefully this is just a one-off and we don't see too many doubleheaders in the Cup Series moving forward. But that brings up another interesting point. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. What's going on with that? Well, to put it plain and bluntly, NASCAR's not sure yet. Yes, they wanted to make wholesale changes for the 2021 schedule, and because it was the end of the current contract with a number of different tracks, it was the perfect opportunity to bring in new tracks, move dates around, take dates away from tracks, give dates to new tracks potentially, bring more tracks onto the circuit. Why not? It would have made for some very interesting racing in 2021. However, when COVID happened and the racetracks closed down and NASCAR and the entire world came to a grinding halt, what happened? Well, when we eventually went back to the track, it became a game of let's get some racing in now while we still can. And that's precisely what NASCAR did. We saw a number of different tracks get double headers. Darlington, for example, get a bunch of races just to get cars back on track and to get points handed out so that we could restart the 2020 season. Other series followed suit, but NASCAR, to be fair and to their credit, spearheaded sports in this country coming back. And because of that, most sporting outlets actually paid attention to NASCAR for the very first time. The likes of ESPN, ESPN Radio, and other outlets that don't normally talk about NASCAR and don't normally care about NASCAR suddenly stood up and started paying attention to what was happening in NASCAR. And at the time, things were getting very interesting and very heated. Because of that, NASCAR started doing midweek races and different things to the schedule in order to accommodate getting cars back on track in a timely manner. 
the thought very early on in the COVID return to the track was that NASCAR was going to get shut down by potentially the United States government or potentially local states themselves. Thankfully, that hasn't been the case yet. But NASCAR is still in a let's see what we can do this season kind of mode. Yes, I'd love to see that schedule sooner rather than later. You know my thoughts on what NASCAR should do. My thoughts in a nutshell, go to every track once. No double races for any racetrack. The only time a racetrack should get a second race, in my opinion, is when we do head to the playoffs, which should only consist of five races and only 10 drivers. I'm perfectly okay with resetting the points going into the playoffs. I'm perfectly okay resetting the points for the final four at the eventual last race of the season, but I'm not okay with the win and you're in mentality. Trust me, if I were in charge of NASCAR, the whole series would look extraordinarily different. Now, the other talk of the town right now in the racing community is NASCAR's Cup Series silly season. I know this is not just a NASCAR show. I promise you we talk F1 and other sports, but frankly, they have to get interesting first, and you need to care about those sports as much as you do as NASCAR. Trust me, I'm a NASCAR expert, so let's talk NASCAR. Levine Family Racing this week announced that they have sold the team, and that leaves Christopher Bell kind of up in the air. At least so we thought. A few days later, it was announced that Eric Jones is going to be out of the 20 car in Joe Gibbs Racing after the 2020 season. His contract did expire at the end of the year, and negotiations were moving forward for Jones to return to that 20 car in 2021. However... When Levine Family Racing announced that they were selling the team because of financial constraints due to the COVID-19 outbreak, it was announced, or at least it will be announced sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours, that Christopher Bell is going to be driving that number 20 car in 2021. This is kind of a no-brainer. Let's go ahead and look at Eric Jones's numbers so far in the Cup Series. Jones jumped into Cup part-time in the 2015 season and then eventually went full-time Cup racing in 2017, racing for the now-defunct Furniture Row Racing in their second satellite team. Basically, he moved over to Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's been there for the last few seasons driving the 20 car. But Jones's numbers are not impressive, to say the least. He got his first win in 2018 at Daytona in the night race. Then he got another victory in 2019 last season. Yes, for the last two... Yes, for the last three seasons, he has two victories, including the clash opener at the beginning of the 2020 season, where his teammate literally pushed his junk of a car to a quote-unquote victory. But looking at the numbers themselves, he only has 29 top fives throughout his entire career. Last season was his best with 10 top fives. Yes, that's pretty darn good, but he only has five top fives this season. So far, last season, he had 17 top 10s. This season, only 8 top 10s, and he only has 2 poles to his name. And pretty much to his credit, he has finished 19th, 15th, 16th, and 15th, respectfully, in the point standings. His average start in the entire series throughout his entire career is 14th. His average finish is 16th right now. Now, I'll throw this out there. Eric Jones is not the driver we all thought he would be. Keep this in mind. He's driving for Joe Gibbs Racing, who happened to contend for championships the last few seasons. Heck, his teammate won the championship last year, yet he can barely make the chase 
excuse me, the playoffs. And yet, he's not really competing for wins. And yeah, you can argue something's happening over Joe Gibbs Racing and any other team in the Cup Series for that matter, because Jones is either running mid-pack or contending for a win, but more often than not, he's running mid-pack. Same with all of Joe Gibbs Racing. They're either contending or they're mediocre at best, but same can be said for pretty much every Cup Series team right now in 2020 because we don't have any practice sessions. I think that what's happening to Eric Jones is typical of what happens to younger drivers when they go to big teams. They get left in the dust. They essentially don't get the best equipment. They essentially don't get the resources that the bigger teams get. But you look at what that 20 car is, it has a number of different sponsors in that organization on the hood of that 20 car. And Jones is extremely well-funded, arguably the second most well-funded team in Joe Gibbs Racing Stable. So resources are not an issue, let's just say, for Eric Jones performance is an issue for Eric Jones. Ever since he jumped up to the Cup Series, he's not lived up to the expectations. Yes, in Xfinity, he has nine victories. That's pretty darn impressive. And yes, in the Truck Series, six seasons of competing in the Truck Series, seven victories for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Again, okay, pretty impressive. But let's look at Xfinity Series. Who was he driving for in the Xfinity Series? Joe Gibbs Racing. I'm pretty sure my grandmother can go out in a Joe Gibbs Racing prepared Toyota and get a victory. I'm not saying that my grandmother is the next Kyle Busch. I'm not. I'm simply saying that when you're driving for the best team in the garage area in the Xfinity series and you're winning week in and week out, that's not really impressive. We mistake it as being impressive because we think it's groundbreaking to see a young driver winning right out of the gate. But for Joe Gibbs Racing, winning or contending for a win in the Xfinity Series is a weekly ordeal. If they're not competing for a victory in the Xfinity Series, or at least a top five, something is mistakenly horribly wrong at that organization or with the driver, period. Now, you look at Eric Jones versus Christopher Bell, it's very simplistic. Eric Jones was winning in Xfinity, so they jumped him up to cup, kind of kicked over the quote-unquote old guy in Matt Kenseth. Not a bad suggestion. Honestly, at the time, I would have made the same move. But now you look at Christopher Bell, who, like Eric Jones, was setting the world on fire in Xfinity, winning a boatload of Xfinity races. Now, between these two drivers, who would I put in my car? Honestly, Christopher Bell, simply because he's younger and simply because he's more winning at this point than Eric Jones. He's won more Xfinity Series races and kind of put up with being in Xfinity longer than he should, waiting for a Cup Series ride to open up. And now that his Cup Series ride is unfortunately going away, he needs to jump over to Joe Gibbs Racing. But if you look at this from a business standpoint, it's even smarter. Eric Jones essentially doesn't have any sponsors. The sponsors that are on his car are the sponsors that were there when Matt Kenseth was there. That's what attracted those sponsors to that organization. And those sponsors are dictating, we want to change. With Matt Kenseth, former series champ, Daytona 500 winner, you have a name in your car. That's marketable. Yes, Matt Kenseth is pretty much as entertaining as wet paint drying. However, he had all these credits to his name. Eric Jones has some Xfinity Series wins, and 
arguably is even more boring and not as marketable as Matt Kenseth. All right. Plus, you can move the sponsors from the 20 car over to other teams. For instance, Martin Truex Jr. had one of Eric Jones's sponsors earlier this season and will probably have that for the next season or two on the 19 car. And what does Christopher Bell have? Sponsors. He'll bring sponsors that arguably, yes, were with him at Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series over to the Cup Series and money makes more sense from a business standpoint to put the younger Christopher Bell in the car as opposed to Eric Jones. Eric Jones is done. Every generation has to have a Michael Waltrip flame out, and that's pretty much what Eric Jones is. If I were a Cup Series owner, even an Xfinity Series owner, I wouldn't hire Eric Jones. I think he'll end up at one of these lower division teams, either in Cup or Xfinity. Heck, I might actually, if I were Joe Gibbs Racing, offer him an Xfinity Series ride again, because why not at this point? But the fact of the matter is, Toyota needs more Cup Series teams in order to put their drivers in. Eric Jones was one of their big drivers that was supposed to set the world on fire, simply because he beat Kyle Busch back in 2012 at the Snowball Derby. But now... Who cares? Eric Jones, go away. He's done in Cup, I think. And if he lands in a Cup Series team, great. Hope uh, he ends up winning. Hope for the best for Eric Jones. But ultimately, I don't think he's going anywhere. Now, where could Eric Jones go if he does stay in Cup? 43? The 42? Definitely not the 48 car. He's not going over to Hendrick Motorsports. Rick Hendrick wants an established young driver that actually is competing on this level with talent. And Eric Jones hasn't shown that in good equipment over at Joe Gibbs Racing. Rick Hendrick doesn't want to take a chance on a driver that clearly is failing in cup. He wants either an established driver or a young driver in that 48 car. Plus, the rumors that the 48 car is going to be dissolved and that sponsorship is going to be kind of split up amongst all the Hendrick teams makes so much sense from a business standpoint. Hendrick Motorsports needs more sponsorship for the 88, could use a little bit of sponsorship for the 9, and definitely needs some sponsorship for the 24 as well to fill out the full Cup Series schedule for next season. And at this point, the 48 car is fully sponsored, so it makes more sense to move Alex Bowman to the 48 car and to move all the sponsorship away from the 88 and over to the 9 as needed and the 24 as needed. It's better to have three extremely well-funded cars than four funded rides. So that's something to keep in mind over there at the 48. Honestly, I think it depends on what happens with Bubba Wallace. Now, Bubba Wallace said over the weekend that he does have offers to drive the 43 car with possible potential ownership of that 43 car going into the 2021 season. However, not a whole lot of good funding over there at Richard Petty Motorsports. That has been well established. That is well documented that they almost went out of business a number of years ago and that they really need more sponsors to come in. But the thing that Richard Petty Motorsports has going for them is Bubba, as a partial owner, 
definitely secures his spot on that team for years to come. Even if the driving contract runs out for him and he goes somewhere else as a driver, he could potentially continue to be a partial owner of that organization and make some good money at that. And honestly, be part of the decisions with who he wants to sign as a technical alliance and who he wants to be with as far as crew chiefs and all the technical stuff behind the scenes. That's huge for Bubba Wallace. Yeah, that's extremely appealing. However, the equipment isn't there. The finishes aren't there because the equipment and the resources aren't there for the 43 car. A much more appealing offer is driving the 42 car for Chip Ganassi Racing. Now, it was announced that, yes, Bubba does have an offer to drive that 42 car vacated by Kyle Larson earlier this season with Matt Kenseth driving that 42 car right now. I think this makes the most sense for Bubba Wallace. It's a step up in equipment as far as his career is concerned. It's a huge step up in equipment as far as his career is concerned. Plus, if he has backing from sponsors like McDonald's and Capital One, he'll be set for a while in the Cup Series. And Chip Ganassi is one of those owners that likes to hang on to his drivers for years and years and years to come. And in the middle of COVID-19, you have to sign any contract you can. A lot of Cup Series drivers are signing one-year extensions or two-year at the most, not four-, five-, six-year extensions because sponsorship is a huge question mark going into the 2021 and 2022 seasons for NASCAR. Don't know what the economy is going to be like in six months. Don't know what the economy is going to be like in a year from now. Don't know if Cup Series money will be there for some of these teams to continue operating past next season. If I was Bubba, I'd sign the contract to drive the 42 car, but I think he might actually stay where he's at in that 43 car. It's honestly, which offer will Bubba go with? And he admitted he's still negotiating, and we could see that announcement sometime in the next few days, but... I think Bubba is going to really ponder this one, and I'm interested to see whether he goes with the 43 car in Richard Petty Motorsports, partial ownership, bad equipment, or better equipment, more funding, and a couple-year extension to drive the 42 car. We'll have to wait and see with that. Brad Keselowski is another driver that made splashes over the week, uh, extending with Penske to stay in the number two Penske Ford for one year. Now, he was rumored to drive the 48 car in 2021, and that looked like where he was going. Brad going into the season was extremely unhappy at Penske. Felt like he wasn't the big dog on campus anymore, and felt like he wasn't getting the best equipment, and that the cars weren't up to snuff like they were in years past. And honestly, gotta agree with Brad. He wasn't the top dog at Penske. He wasn't getting the best equipment, and that team was kind of floundering. Him especially. And now this season, with the crew chief swap going into the 2021 season, it kind of reinvigorated him. He's got three wins so far in 2020, and yes, he's in the playoffs, and he actually does look like he's going to contend for this playoff and for a Final Four position going into Phoenix this year. The question is, what does the team look like next season, and what does sponsorship look for this organization next year? That's the reason for the only one-year extension for Keselowski. The other reason it was a one-year extension that he was so willing to sign is the fact that Alex Bowman over at Hendrick Motorsports signed a one-year extension as well. Hmm. 
do the math, he could end up going away after the 2021 season. We could see Brad Keselowski jumping over to Penske, going home or going home to Hendrick, rather not Penske, after the 2021 season. It's just a matter of we got to wait and see what happens. If Brad Keselowski leaves the two car, Austin Centric going to be jumping up into the Cup Series. It's just a matter of who retires first over there at Penske to bring Austin Centric up into the Cup Series. The only thing that's really holding back Team Penske is the fact that they need sponsorship. Austin Centric in my opinion, ready to go Cup Series driving. The problem is, can Roger Penske go to four teams in the near future? It's a matter of sponsorship. He can essentially take the Xfinity program and move them up to Cup, but the problem is, is it comes with a heftier price tag. The question is, is will sponsors step up for Austin Centric, or is Keselowski keeping the seat warm for Centric for the 2022 season? Time will tell. Tyler Rennick is the other domino that didn't fall this week. He announced that he's returning to RCR in the A-car in 2021. He only signed a one-year deal to drive that A-car, and frankly, he is setting the world on fire in that car. He honestly is. He's competing for top fives. He was competing for wins earlier this season, and he has definitely brought a breath of fresh air into that organization, and it's improving the three cars running as well. They got a victory earlier this season, and Tyler Rennick finished second in that race. First time RCR has done 1-2 finish for years in the Cup Series. Tyler Rennick is going nowhere. I think he's going to be in that eight car for years and years and years to come, but only signing a one-year extension. So we shall see. It's going to be a big news in the world of NASCAR silly season because we had a lot of dominoes last week fall. And frankly, Bubba Wallace is the other big domino that's going to fall either this week or next week. And when that happens, it's definitely going to sure up what's happening. The other question is, what happens with Kyle Larson? Will Larson come back to the Cup Series in 2021? Honestly, yes. I see Kyle Larson driving the 14 car in 2021. Now, Boyer is still in contract negotiations with Stuart Haas, but Tony Stewart is not exactly happy with Boyer's performance. And when Kevin Harvick is setting the world on fire and Boyer's driving the exact same equipment, you really have to ask yourself, what's going on over here? It's kind of the big question mark right now. Eric Amarola is in a very similar hot seat. The only thing Eric Amarola has going for him that kind of keeps him safe in the 10 car at Stuart Haas Racing is the fact that he brings sponsorship to that organization, essentially buying that ride in that 10 car, meaning he should be good for years to come so long as the sponsorship dollars are there. But if Smithfield leaves the 10 car and simply can't afford to go NASCAR racing in the near future, you can bet he'll be done over at Stuart Haas Racing. I think that Clint Boyer is done, frankly, in the Cup Series. Boyer said he doesn't want to retire. Boyer has said he wants to continue with Stuart Haas Racing, but I think his time is done at Stuart Haas Racing because Tony Stewart has given him opportunity to improve and improve and improve, and yes, he has a few wins in that 14 car, but ultimately, they've been struggling. And it's not going unnoticed. It's something to definitely keep an eye on. So I think that Boyer's time ultimately is done in Cup. He's gone through a number of different organizations and simply can't get the job done anywhere. The fact is, is you're in championship winning equipment, championship contending equipment in 2020, and you're struggling to finish races and stay on the lead lap. That's eye-opening, and that's worth noting. I think he's going to be done at that organization. And if Boyer leaves, and God forbid Boyer leaves, and um, 
Eric Amarola leaves, that could potentially leave open two spots at Stewart House Racing. And if that happens, two things could happen. We could either see Kyle Larson driving the 14 car, which I think is going to happen, mark my words. Or we could see Chase Briscoe jumping up into Cup. I think that that's going to happen. It's just a question of when. If Larson doesn't come back into the 14 car, I think it'll be Chase Briscoe. He definitely has set the world on fire in 2020 in Xfinity, and he's proving that, yes, he's ready for a Cup Series ride. The two drivers who are currently driving in Xfinity who need to move up to Cup sooner rather than later, in my humble opinion, Austin Centric and... Chase Briscoe. These two drivers are ready to go cup racing. It's just a question of will they move up with their current respective organizations? I think they will. They're both extremely loyal to their organizations, and frankly, there's a window of opportunity for either of them to jump up into the cup series. As of this moment, no rookies announced for the 2021 season, but that could drastically change in the next few weeks something to keep an eye on just saying uh want to thank you so much for watching this edition of shifting gears yeah i know we kind of went a little rambly right there it's all good we were talking silly season so things get a little silly i want your input want your comments on this do you like this video you're going to come back every sunday night in order to watch this program it might go live we might head over to twitch and start streaming live on twitch let us know in the comments if that's something that you want to see or if you just want to see it in its current half hour format here on youtube here on all of the podcasting apps every week let us know in the comments down below, but I'm going to continue rambling. You can go ahead and reach out to us on AmericanRacingNetwork.com in the comments down below or on the comments on your favorite podcasting app because we will be taking comments, questions through there. My question to you is, where do you think Bubba Wallace should go? Not where will he go. If you were Bubba Wallace, would you go to the 43 car, stay at the 43 car at Richard Petty Motorsports, or would you jump over to Chip Ganassi Racing in the 42 car? You know my answer. Jump over to the 42 car. And if you were Tony Stewart, who's driving the 14 car in 2021? Clint Boyer, Kyle Larson, or Chase Briscoe? Let us know down in the comments below as we talk a little bit of NASCAR silly season. Going to be back here every Sunday night right here on AmericanRacingNetwork.com, YouTube.com, forward slash Hey Alan Bailey, and on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and the Tuned In app. For everybody here at the American Racing Network and Shifting Gears, I'm Alan Bailey. We will see you at the track.